yo what it do baby as Kawhi would say what's going on welcome back to another episode of me myself and basketball the podcast brought to you by nba uk fans of course you know how we do by the fans for the fans you know just connecting us fans here in this side of the atlantic and our, our love of the, of the beautiful game that is basketball the nba I'm Nathan Caton, stand-up comedian, Baptist fan, and uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, welcome, pleased to have you. If you have, welcome back. This podcast, it's all about con- just connecting, you know, the the ever-growing family of NBA fans here in the UK. We have a guest on each episode, we talk about, you know, their journey, how they, how they came to, to, to love the game, their team, the, the, any special moments, uh, any special m- memories, then at the end, they choose their own starting five. Not the best five, but the starting five that, that's personal to them. And there's been one player who's been ever-present in everyone's starting five so far, but we'll get into that later. For now, let's crack on with our guest. Our guest today, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to give away his team. He can do it himself. Let's welcome Lee Emptage. How's it going, bro? Nathan, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on, man. Um, so... It's great to meet another member of the of the NBA UK fans family. As you're saying, like before we start recording, we haven't met that much in person, but through social media, I kind of feel like I feel like we know each other, even though we don't know each other. If that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for, for, for people, for the people who don't know you, can you uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell them a bit about you, and most importantly, who your team is. <laughs> of course. Okay. So my name's Lee Emptage. Uh, I, I'm a lawyer. Been a big massive hoops fan for uh, a very large part of my life and I, i'm for my sins i'm a long suffering knicks fan <laughs> so what you're trying to tell me is you have a lot of patience <laughs> that's right and, and uh, i've heard all of the jokes and uh, I've, I've, I've suffered for for many years but uh, the, the tide is at least uh, turning yeah, oh, well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into that, right? But um, talking about like Kevin, all of the all of the we jokes. Definitely are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought I had heard all of the Nick jokes, right? And then I was watching um, the Disney film Soul. I don't know if you've seen that, right? I haven't. And no. even they make a reference to how bad the Knicks are. It's like, wow, you know, when when Disney are taking a mick, mate, come on. <laughs> yeah, bad bad times, bad times. I I try and brush it off though, because as I say, it's been a long. It's been a long road. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, let's 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 get into it, man. Let's t- tell us about the, the start of that journey. Where, where did the, where did the road start for you? How did you how did you first get into basketball? Okay, so literally from a from a very young age, I was always into American sports. I was actually an NFL fan mm. first as a as a child, and then mm. sort of early teens just tr- transcended to, to to basketball. I remember catching a. And it was so hard to, to find back then. I think Sky had a, yeah, yeah. A, an hour-long show. Um, I think it was a jam session or something once a week uh, with a courtside countdown and, and just caught it randomly. And I must have been 12 or 13 and I was absolutely hooked. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, uh, I'm giving away my age a little bit here, but that was the early 90s. Um, so, yeah, and, and ever since then, I was just a, a kind of hoops fiend and, and uh, most of my friends, we all played uh, whenever we could. Okay. Uh, sort of break times at school for the school team, local courts, um, and, and wherever we could get our fix, basically. Oh, and cool! So that that was how I got into the game. Played it uh, throughout my teens to as high a level as, as I could, and yeah, I, and I was always, oh, I say always, I, I kind of became a Knicks fan from 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 the start. Um, 
I was a Jordan fan, but mm-hmm. I mean, who wasn't in the nineties? But yeah, it was yeah. very much the, the Knicks were that that underdog. They had that rawness. Um, I'm a big hip hop fan, so New York kind of resonated with me. Sure, in, in the same way, and yeah, I, I mean, I just uh, kind of been a, a passionate fan of theirs and, and of the mm-hmm. game itself. Um, okay, well, give me a few questions for a minute then. So you said you said um, you remember watching the game and you were hooked. Do you remember what you, who you were watching or which player it was? I don't. I don't remember the original game. I just remember. I, if anything, I think it was like the courtside countdown on this sort of magazine okay. show, and I just remember being sort of so inspired by the athleticism and the, the drama, um, yeah. the buzzer beaters, the dunks, that kind of thing. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then I quickly moved on to the the vhs tapes they had so i just absolutely hoovered up all of the jordan mm. airtime uh, come fly with me uh, all, all that kind of thing um the superstars series jam session etc mm. etc et and, and i would just watch them for hours on end and as i said to you before it was really difficult back then to try and find I mean, there was some stuff on channel four in the mid 90s Guy had bits and pieces, but it was so hard trying to, I mean, yeah. to predate in the internet. Even when the internet came in, it was limited uh, clips and things like that uh, via uh, a sort of a, um, phone line yeah. modem. So it was all, I mean, it's, uh, the kids these days don't know they're born with all this <laughs> highlights on tap. Honestly, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's incredible, really. I mean, I remember having to watch German sports channels just to, to kind of like recording their eight night live games like it was that was a, it was a real struggle but trust, trust me was the commentary in german as well it was yeah yeah and it was yeah it was like oh, it was just mad times but you had to do what you had to do well, just to kind of get fixed i guess i guess your german must have been pretty good then like after after a little while <laughs> yeah, i swear i did pick up a few yeah. uh few bits. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's german for dunk <laughs> so you said you you played yourself, right? Um, so uh, yeah. tell us a bit about your, your playing career. So played throughout school, played county level, um, and then left school, um, played for college and university, but also played for London Leopards uh, oh, junior sweet. men's team. We had, a, I mean, we were sort of national league champions. It's fair to say probably three, four of those guys that I played with went on to have pro careers uh, in some form or another a couple went across to the states universities out there and some some european stuff so it was i mean it was quite a stacked team I mean, it was national league we travel around the country mm. and sort of really really beating up on teams um, <laughs> nice. and then i moved when i moved went to university in london i moved over to ealing um and again similar situation there they had some real stars um on that team that were, were were very capable and I think some of them had pro careers as well. Probably the highlight for me was I was one of the I was invited to the Adidas ABC camp uh, over in Paris. Okay. Me and four others uh, from this country just selected on the basis of of talent and we were given a load of free gear. Uh, Joe nice. Dumas Joe Dumas was coaching us. It was real kind of VIP treatment flown over there all expenses paid. I came back I was like 17 18 year old thinking wow I've made it. Um, yeah, yeah. mum, I've made I it. That, like, I was just wearing my gear everywhere. Uh, I must have looked like a right idiot. <laughs> in hindsight, I got, I got the free, 
I think the Kobe ones had just come out and we, we got them free. And, oh, nice. And, um, and it was at that point, it was kind of like, well, could I to do this professionally? Um, and I, I think mm-hmm. it was sort of, should I look at going to the States, etc. And back then it was kind of good to get a video together and send it out to all the universities. And but at the same time, sure. I sort of had my academic studies, I uh, just got a place in university. Um, and it, I was almost, I think with leopards and healing, I was training almost four times a week with games as well. Mm. And, and it became during the course of university, it was, it became clear that I had to just concentrate on my studies. I, I, I don't want to be that guy that says, yeah, you know, I could have had a pro career because it would have been, but you could have. It, I would have been average at best, I suspect. And it, and it would have been short lived, but so in hindsight, I, I made the right choice. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's always fun to think of what might have been. <laughs> yeah, mate, I, listen, I, I always say, that, um, well, I, I, I say the season, if Aaron Baines, if you're a Raptors fan, you know, what I'm talking, if Aaron Baines can make it in the NBA, exactly. anyone can make it in the NBA. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, so what, what was your position? Uh, so funny enough, so I'm, I'm six, six, um, but I was kind of a, a late, a late bloomer. Uh, so I wasn't the tallest in school and kind of just, just shot up. So I always had a handle and that made me fairly unusual because back then it's probably got a bit better now with all the, the Euros in the league, which have, and, and, and the, I guess the likes of Durant and, 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 and I mean, mm. Garnett back then was probably the, the game changer because he had the height, but he, he had and hand and he had, a, he could shoot yeah. from outside. And so before then, if you were tall, you got stuck on the block, like at centre, yeah. power forward. And you, you, like, if you kind of went out to three point and everyone's looking at you, coaches looking at you like crazy. And, <laughs> and I really saw during my time that that improved. Um, and then Dirk came along and people like that. And it and, and, and it became more acceptable for people, the, the mm. taller players to take threes, which was my kind of game. I was a small yeah. forward, three-point shooter, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it was quite funny because at the start, you kind of, it was frowned upon. But yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, it's nice to see how things change. And now you've got all these seven-footers crossing over outside and, and taking as many threes as yeah. they want the game has changed yeah so, <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah I'm, i was exactly what you mean like back in the day it's like we get to the exactly. basket what are you doing all the way out exactly. there man so who okay so who would you say who would you base your game on them when you were playing was it like the, the kg star yeah I, I think it was as i say back then there weren't so many so kind of your uh i don't know how many this would be a good test for your listeners uh, Glenn Robinson uh, type, the, 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 mm. the, the original Glenn Robinson, not the son, <laughs> which uh, then put back. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> so he school. was uh, six foot eight, had a bit of handle, had range um, on quite quite successful Bucks teams in the late nineties. So I kind of that was probably similar game to to, to mine. Okay, when you were playing, that was was. Did you ever think you know what I could go and like the dream would be to play for the Knicks? Yeah, I mean that was, that was I guess when you're when you're a sort of starry-eyed teenager, that that's always the dream, I guess. Mm. And, and I, I sort of played, I played against Luol, um once when, okay. so when he was playing for Brixton, he was three, four years younger. Okay. And and he was he was catching alley oops, and and I was just thinking, hmm, maybe I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm not ready for, for that. Oh, life. can you tell from back then that he was going to be a starter? 
I don't know if you could tell he was going to be the level of star that he was, but he was clearly different. Um, and there was a couple okay. of other guys I played with um, that, that went to the States that had that kind of sort of freakish athleticism mm. that uh, was, was, was stand out even back then. So, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I, I could, I could dunk a little bit, but you know, you, you just uh, have to know your limitations. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What would you say was, um, <clears throat> was Lowell then like the, was he the best player you played against? Um, I think so. There was another guy on my Leopards team called Demajor Stewart, mm -hmm. who uh, was playing for the men's Leopards team at the same time. And he went out to, uh, I think, a school in, in, uh, in New York. I can't remember where, but he was, he was, he, he, he could have been, uh, could have been great. In fact, Luol's older brother, Azur, um, was, was very good. He was nearly seven foot long frame. Um, okay. So I'm sure a lot of his sort of, Learnings is how the world became who, who he did. Okay, all right, cool, man. So uh, let's get into a uh, Nick's chat then, right? So, okay, let's go. <laughs> so you said uh, it was the early nineties. Um, so yeah, so early nineties. So literally, I, I, I was loving, I was loving John Stark, okay. Patrick Ewing, uh, Oakley, okay, yeah, uh, Derek Harper. I mean, they were they were raw. They were. Um, I mean, yeah, they were aggressive, and people might suggest they were thugs, um, particularly in the way that they played certain teams. Yeah, I just, I, something just resonated with me, uh, with, with those guys. And then we had a few leaner years, and then that 99 team uh, really came back. Canby, mm. Spreewell, Alan Houston. <laughs> I mean, yeah. again, it was, they just had, they just had New York sort of, on fire again they had that that swag that attitude uh, and, and yeah i just I, I really i mean we had a, i mean duncan and robinson were, were difficult to to, to sort of think about beating mm -hmm. in, in 99 but i'll forever I, I mean john starks was my guy but game seven 94 95 season against houston he went two for 18 and shot effectively shot us out of the, mm. the championship. I really think that we had the better team over Houston, despite Elijah on that season, and and, and that mm. <laughs> that was kind of the, the pinnacle uh, of, of of my uh, Knicks supporting uh, fandom, because <laughs> post post ninety nine, obviously, as as you're well aware, the last two decades yeah. have been absolutely just. Terrible contract after terrible contract, terrible coach after terrible coach, mm. horrendous decisions from yeah. front office all the way down to playing yeah. floor. I, I mean, I, I I take on board, I take all the the, the jokes because it is deserved for the most part. I mean, <laughs> it was forever players that just were past their prime. I mean, the Marbury obviously is a, a New York fan and next guy. You got to love Marbury, but. Him, Steve Francis, sort mm. of, uh, even Amare, post prime. I mean, you run down the list: horrendous contracts, uh, Curry. Yeah. Um, uh, just like well, you could just literally, I could we could spend hours talking about bad, <laughs> bad next decisions, couldn't we? I, I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, and, and we had the we had the but, Lynn the Lynn run, Jeremy Lynn run. That was oh, a yeah. quick highlight. And then we had the Carmelo years. Yep. 
I may get some heat for this, but I'm not the biggest Carmelo fan, which I guess is is slightly bizarre being a Knicks fan. I just felt that I was initially, but I felt when he took that huge contract, it was kind of a, 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 a rope around the team's neck in the sense that it meant we couldn't do anything. Okay. In fact, it's probably the extension more than anything. Mm. It, it was clear he wanted out. And then I think he re-signed or extended. And, and we were just hamstrung in terms of front office moves that could be made. Yeah. And his resurgence has been amazing to see uh, with the Blazers. But I just, I'm not sure you could ever win mm. with him as your best player. And, 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 I, and that, I've, I've been in many Twitter arguments where... Uh, People disagree with me, and perhaps, perhaps rightly so. But I think as someone that, that had him on my team for a long time, I just never felt like it, it, he was going to lead us to the to the chip. Okay, yeah, I, I yeah, I know, I know, I get what you mean. Um, mm. uh, he's he's a say, shall we say, uh, a luxury. He's he's yeah. great when it's going when it's going well. He's great, but exactly. when things turn, it's like. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's not shooting well, for example, I'm not sure what else he's giving you. Mm, yeah. um, and I think that's the problem. As a number two, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <clears throat> um, and I know he had the Nuggets run, but yeah, it just, it just never really clicked. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so um, when you first started uh, following the Knicks, who who was your favourite player? Well, it was Starks, um, and but I still haven't forgiven him for uh, <laughs> effectively costing us the title. Let it go, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, who was it since then? I guess, I mean, you got to love Ewing. He was a true warrior for us. Yeah. He, he always seemed slightly over the hill, um, but he, he came up clutch <laughs> again and again. And, I mean, there were some great, some great battles against the Heat, Pacers, Bulls, obviously. I also, I mean, I'm that guy that will will defend 90s basketball. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not defending 72, 68 scorelines, but I will, uh, and I hear all the arguments, you know, that, yeah. that we've all heard a million times, but there was some real talent back then. Um, there was some real sort of great defence being played. It was, it was a battle. I, I think it, it, it probably doesn't get... In hindsight, the respect it deserves. Yeah, no, nah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, I remember watching basketball as a kid. I remember actually, Patrick Ewing was one of the, one of the main players um, that I watched when I was a kid growing up. I remember my mum bought me his, uh, his, his trainers. Oh, cool! So, yes, the humans. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were, it was, was, it white, was it white, green, and black? White with the yeah, that, yeah. There's a few. I mean, they were. Yeah, they were. They were hot. No, I mean, there. Look, look, you talk about how. Sneakers and and shoes are so important these days, and they were one of the first hyped hyped shoes for sneakerheads. Mm, exactly, man. Exactly. We'll, we'll get onto merch as well, man. Um, let me ask you one question, right? So you talk about um that uh, the game against Houston, right? Yeah. If the Knicks had won that, do you think yeah. we'd be talking about a different Knicks today in terms of like the last two decades? Do you think the trajectory yeah. would have been totally opposite? That's a great, great question. I don't know. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. It's just, it's one of those sliding doors moments, isn't it? Because uh, I, I think maybe things, it just seemed like we were forever chasing relevance and signing stars and things where I, I just feel like 
if you ask any man in the street with some knowledge of the game, they would say that's a bad contract or that's a bad signing. But we just kept doing yeah. it again and again and again. And it's like everybody yeah. can see this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. I'd have to think about that. All right. Okay. What, what, what okay. This is, okay, it's another tough question. What was, would you say, was the worst decision that the Knicks have made over the last two okay. decades? And it's been loads, but what's the worst? And what would you have, what, what would you have done differently? Oh, wow. <laughs> I felt like, and I might get my, my sort of timelines mixed up, but that whole, in fact, I think I do know this. I think it was when Derek Fisher, so what were we, four, three, four years, seasons ago, when he didn't, he didn't tank. Like they won, like the last couple of games mm. were in a pointless season. Okay, and and they didn't. I can't remember what pick it cost us, but it cost us like a high pick. And again, I can't actually remember who it would have been. But I just remember thinking this is absolute lunacy, just just terrible decision making because there was nothing to gain, and we won two pointless games in the, the season. That was one of the worst, most egregious examples. But again, as we said earlier, there, there, there's there's many. Mm. Uh, the extension for Carmelo yeah. uh, is another one that springs to mind. Phil signing Phil as the as the coach when he was clearly too too long in the tooth oh, for the game. Yeah. The game had moved on. That didn't yeah. work. And again, we oh, I, I was kind of looking enviously at the seventy sixes and their kind of you know, trust the process around the same exactly. time. And we were still, <laughs> it yeah, we were still doing the same things. And, and it was just like, it was so obvious we needed to get back to basics, start from the ground up, which ironically is now what we've got. We've got a young core of drafted mm. well, um, or relatively well. Um, I was, a, I was a fan of the Pazingas trade. I thought that was a good move because whilst he was at times excellent, I've seen, I've been to, uh, MSG a few times last time I saw him and he had a great game um, okay. the crowd was absolutely rocking but 7 foot 3 history in uh, history of injuries I was happy that that move was made because again he was someone I didn't think we could win with and, I, and, and I, we're seeing that being borne out now I know we got a lot of heat for that trade mm. but we're seeing that borne out now with how he's playing and um, what we've been able to do with with the, the core of the team since then so I'm I'm Finally, literally for the first time in two decades, I see light in the tunnel. <laughs> and, 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 and I know that people are already sort of saying, oh, Nick's getting overexcited again. And I, I feel like just saying to us, just let us have this, have this moment, <laughs> this ministry, you know, just, just give us this because we, we've, been, we've been suffering for so long. Yeah. Now, you know what? As, okay, taking my Raptors hat off, as a of fan of basketball, it is good to see the Knicks showing you know, green shoots of recovery. Because, you know, the Knicks, even when they were bad, they were still like, you know, there's still a staple 100%. of basketball. They're the Knicks, isn't it? Yeah, and everybody loves playing at MSG. I mean, you, yeah. just, you just don't know that from all of the, the crazy games people have had against us over the years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, did you, did you see um, uh, Zion's uh, post-match interview the other day? No, I did. Oh, what, yeah, game. he said it. Yeah, I did see that, actually. Yeah. Talking about, you know, MSG being like, you know, the mecca of basketball and stuff. Exactly. Everyone gets up. It's almost a detriment, (laughs) isn't it, playing there? Because everyone gets up to players. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just feel like we we deserve our little little shine. And it is, like you say, it's more fun if the the Knicks are good. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you're liking the team at the moment. Just fast forward it to now. You think promising signs? I think so. We're probably a piece or two away. Um, mm. We've got a lot of cap room, which is exciting. I mean, it's just flexibility. We haven't had that for so long. And, and I feel like with with uh, the, the front office moves, we've now got... Uh, I've just got a bit more confidence. You could always depend on us to make some dumb move previously. <laughs> yeah. But I just have a little bit more confidence now. Um, it just remains to be seen. I mean, look, I'm not expecting us to go deep in the playoffs this year. Um, mm. But just to even have that... Even just to be relevant, you know? That's all you want. You just want some <laughs> yeah. relevance. Especially sure. with... Um, Little brother over in Brooklyn there making uh, making oh, noise. Well, a hell of a noise at the moment, man. Like, exactly. sheesh. Like, exactly. Gosh, everyone's in their kitchen. That's right. <laughs> is, yeah. is, is it a case of too many chefs, though? We'll, we'll, we'll see. So we you said you've been to MSG, right? Tell us about that, man. Because MSG, yeah. I mean, I, I was meant to go last year for a Raptors game, but then COVID happened. Um, but I've heard oh, so man. many great things. So tell us what, what it's like. Yeah, man. I've been, I think, three times. I've seen them play the Hornets. Um, I've seen them play, uh, it was Dallas. And mm. I forget the other team. Uh, it was some years ago now. But, I mean, it just, when when that place is rocking, I've been to a few arenas. I've been to Staples. Mm. I've been, uh, I've watched some Olympic games. Where else have I been? Oh, Miami, American Airlines Arena in Miami Times, Orlando. So, so oh, okay. There's mm. just something different about, I know it's crazy New Yorkers or whatever, but yeah, I mean, in, in a close game when everyone's yelling defense, you know, it, it is electric. Uh, absolutely one of the best sports mm. events I've been to. And that was regular season. Uh, so I can only imagine what a playoff game there must be like. Oh, wow. Oh man, yeah, because smoke that that electricity in the crowd, especially that you know, like That's when it. when the basket goes your way. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. What what's been your most like your favorite moment or most memorable moment watching the game at, at MSG? As a Knicks fan, yeah. oh, actually both, both actually, if Knicks fan or just as a neutral. Good question. Good question. I mean, as a Knicks fan, Stark's dunk baseline over Horace. Grant and Michael Jordan. That's like in the pantheon oh, of Nick's okay, highlights. Cool. That's, yeah, I had that poster on my wall. Um, <laughs> and the irony is I'm a massive Jordan fan. So, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that was huge. Cause it's just out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, yeah. anyone who's not seen that dunk, go and look that up on uh, on YouTube because it's just, it was for so, so six foot three guys going baseline left Tomahawk. Yeah, crazy. Oh, wow. As a, as a basketball fan, the, the thing that still makes me lose my mind after 21 years later is Vince over Freddie Weiss at um, the Olympics. Okay. I mean, that, that, that's just, that just doesn't seem possible. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen it so many times. It's my, it's my most favourite in-game dunk. It's, just, <laughs> it, it's not even in the NBA. It's in the Olympics. It's just, uh, it's just mental. Oh, mate. No, so, some you see some dunks like, how the hell, like what, what's yeah. in his shoes, what's in his calves, like how's that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to, I used to that. I, I was actually on him early because I used to tape his uh, college games at UNC on. I can't even remember the, the the channel that they were showing on. Again, it was some deep into the sky, skybox. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that team, him and Anton Jameson and Ed Cota, and they were kind of throwing sort of lobs to him off the backboard <laughs> back then. And, and it, I mean, you see some stuff that high schoolers are doing now, and, it, and it's nuts. But back then, you've got to remember, we, we just hadn't yeah. seen things like that. And it was... Um, it was, it was oh, wicked, man. wicked, wicked. Okay, cool. All right. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about merchandise, right? So, so you've been to, you've been to games. Um, I'm, I'm sure you, you said you yeah. had the, the poster, the dunk. Um, what, what's, what, what, what merchandise have you, have you collected over the years? Okay. So I'm a big throwback Jersey guy. Okay. So obviously, uh, being a massive hip hop fan, there was a, a real run early 2000s uh, that was so here for um with retro throwback jerseys Mm -hmm. and i was collecting jerseys from a a young age i think i had a kg rookie um had a Derek coleman nets that that's really my that that and sneakers jordans i got some bread jordans uh jordan sixes probably my favorites threes Um, okay i've got i try and collect well, try and get my hands on the off-white Jordans when they release, but um, we all know how difficult that is. Mm-hmm. And so merch, trainers and jerseys uh, are, are my passions. I've probably got 30 jerseys. Oh. I, I'd, uh, I'd probably struggle to list them all, but um, yeah, yeah, big, big, <laughs> uh, big jersey collector. Have you got any, any signed merchandise? I don't, actually. Never really been been on the uh the side wave but i, I wish mm-hmm. i mean i'd love love probably my a, a jordan signed ball or jersey would be um would be my grail yeah oh, you have to pay a lot of money for that don't yeah. You? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why i haven't got one all right let me ask this question have have all of them your merchandise have you got anything where you look and think wow why have i got that like have you got anything like proper random like for myself i've got like i've mentioned on an earlier podcast I've got like this action figure of a uh, Rajon Rondo when he was at the Celtics, which my my brother bought me just randomly, and it's just there. Um, I don't know why, but it's just there. <laughs> so, have you got anything anything random like that? I can tell you, I've probably I, I need to think um, about my jersey collection. I've definitely got some randoms in there. Like, um, <laughs> I've got off the top of my head, but just trying to think. Uh, I'm going to scroll through my phone whilst I'm talking to you but the other random yeah, cool. thing i've got is i've got i, I play a, play a bit of golf and i've got some mm-hmm. jordan three golf shoes um <laughs> so so literally they're, they're the white threes you know with the well you know most of your listeners will know what the threes look like with, with so with the kind of the golf yeah. studs that you have on them and I can't even remember where I got them from. Had them for a few years. Like I wear them to play golf religiously, and it's always fun where you get sort of a fellow sneakerhead who like clock them and, and <laughs> give you some, some credit. But I, I, might, I don't know what I was doing. I was on StockX the other day looking just to see kind of what was out there, and um, I stumbled across my Jordan Three golf shoes, brand new mm. for a considerable amount of money more than I'd and I, and I mean like <laughs> an insane amount of money and I was like I was like oh okay part of me wished that I just kept them in the box and I, I then could have sold them for a, a massive <laughs> massive profit but they're, they're they're currently covered in uh yeah, in, you know oh, sort of mud and grass from the last <laughs> 
ah, uh, if only. But no, so you'd rather have the shoe though. Yeah, than I, get, I guess so. But that's, that's probably my most my most random. Uh, okay. Random What's your uh, your most prized possession? Say say like okay, it's not, don't want this to happen. I'm not trying to tempt Let's say I don't know bailiffs are coming, right? They're taking everything. You can only have <laughs> one piece of memorabilia. What would it be? Okay. Yeah, great question. I think I've got I've got a Glenn Robinson Bucks jersey. Okay. And it's that it's that real nice late nineties Bucks green jersey, um, mm. stylized deer on the front. And that's random. I always get props if I wear that anywhere. So I think it's probably that. Having said that, it might also be my ABC uh, camp jersey uh, that I got. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that. Oh, yeah, that's got a story to it, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't fit as well these days, but um, <laughs> that story. Okay, I'm just I'm just looking at my jersey collection now, so I just okay. Um, I'll just run you through some of them. Um, yeah. That, that, that your listeners might enjoy. Uh, so I've got a Spreewell uh, Knicks jersey uh, in blue. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. A Jordan uh, UNC jersey, uh, okay. Durant Team USA, um, Baron Davis Clippers, okay. Iverson Georgetown. Uh, that's one. Oh, favorite. nice. That's, that's nice. Uh, Sean Kemp uh, Green Sonics, the original. Uh, White Jordan uh, Bulls 23, uh, which is always prized. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, I'll tell you a, a random one. I was in um, I was in California. Uh, it's got to be what six, seven years ago now, and I bought a David Lee Golden State uh, jersey oh, okay. because it had Lee on the back. Okay. And, and, <laughs> okay. and, and of course, David Lee used to play for it for the Knicks back in the day. Yeah. So I bought that great jersey that with the um, uh, the bridge on the front, and. I've never been able to wear it since because I just get accused of being a bandwagoner. So, <laughs> well, quite rightly. Um, so that's a random one that never sees the light of day. I've got a Penny Orlando, Nick Van Exel Lakers, uh, which is another one of my favourites. So yeah, I, 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 I've got I've got I've got a few which I enjoy there. I like I like all the the old school jerseys, man. Like I think was I think maybe it was the last episode for Ginger Shack, and we were talking about like. This at the time, the jerseys you didn't think much of it, but now in the back, it's like, yo, there were some, there were some nice jerseys out there, man. Oh, the designs were yeah. quality. Yeah, and I've, I've thrown some away over the years, which I really, really regret. Mm. Oh, one more, I've got a, I've got a, um, I've got the jersey that um, uh, Biggie Smalls wore in his Juicy video, <laughs> the, yellow, <gasps> the yellow band. Muck jersey. about. Yeah, that, that's another oh. of my favorite mm. ones. Yo, whatever you do, do not get rid of that one. That's <laughs> that is a classic on both sports and hip hop, you know mate. No. Oh man, quality. Um, you know, can can you send us like a, a picture of like of that course. jersey and like yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the golf shoes? Yeah. We could post it up. Good idea. That, oh, that sounds quality. That's not quality. Okay, let's move on. Okay, I've only got t- two more things to ask. Right. Um, first thing, right now, if, if you don't mind uh, mentioning, uh, your uh, lawyer is that correct? That's right. Yes. What type of law? So I do um, corporate and commercial, which is um, basically anything business related, uh, contractual uh, transactions and, and general commercial contracts, which is my bag. I've always been a, okay. a 
bit of a geek in that respect. Always enjoyed uh, the law, always enjoyed words. Um, and it was kind of a natural progression into, into this area of law. And yeah, so I, I'm that weird guy that you, you kind of give a 25 pa- twenty-five page contract to and, and I'm in my element. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there any particular, any player or any franchise right, that you would absolutely love to look after or represent? Oh, that's a great question. I... I'd really like to, I'm a big fan of, and this will be interesting to see how many of your listeners know who he is, Rich Kyman, who is effectively, I mean, he's a successful businessman in his own right, but became Kevin Durant's agent fairly early on. And they mm. do a lot together in terms of investments. Mm. I think they set up 35 ventures and he's a really interesting uh, dude. Okay. And... Um, they seem to have a great relationship. I've listened to them on various podcasts and, and things which they do. And I, I like the way that he's not, I don't think he's actually a lawyer, but he's very savvy. Um, and I think he does give Kevin some, some contractual advice. And I, I kind of, I really enjoy their relationship. And I, I think, so I, I just like to, to really, get involved with, with anyone from the, from the ground up, uh, the on, outset of their career and, and just um, steward them uh, and, and make sure that they make the right decisions, the right investments um, and, and also protect them because, uh, you know, the, the, these young athletes with a lot of money, everyone's out for, uh, for a peak. Mm, okay. But did you ever like think about like moving to the States and like being an agent? Yeah, not not so much as an agent. I've definitely thought about moving out there as the lawyer, um, but okay. it's it's not really transitional. Uh, it's very okay. different. You have to take the bar exam out there, oh, yeah. and and it's it's almost a whole different well, it's, it's a whole different jurisdiction. So it was it was quite prohibitive in in, in that sense. But um, I'm definitely a big fan of all things uh, American. Okay, ah, right, cool, man, cool, cool, cool. All right, Lily. So. Last part of uh, of the podcast, right? As we always do, it's time for your starting five, right? That's it. Okay. Could be the five, could be, you don't have to do the best, but any five that's personal to you, okay? I said there's one player who's been ever present. Yeah, I'm really interested. I, I think I can guess. I mean, it's got to be between two okay. players. But, don't um, say, yeah, let's, let's, let's hear your top five and I'll then play. we'll see where we go from there, right? So over to you, mate. Yeah. List off the names. Okay, so I'm. So it's a traditional starting five, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll start at point. Mm-hmm. Point guard um, is Alan Iverson. Ah, okay. The answer. I fully understand the critique about his shooting percentages, his his ball hogging, and the, the <laughs> likelihood. I mean, uh, game one of the finals against the Lakers aside, his, his ability to lead a team to... Uh, on his own to uh, to, to a r- real success. However, mm. if you were around in the nineties and yeah. you were young hoops fan, uh, likely hip hop fan, uh, that guy had. I mean, he just captivated people. He had he had it all. I mean, he was dunking on people. He had the handle, yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 the crossover. Um, he, he just we really ushered in. 
I think that the, the new era uh, that we still see, we still see today. I mean, he had the he, yeah. he was a transcendent cultural icon, and yeah. he will be lost in the in, exactly. in, in the mist of time. Unfortunately, when people look at statistics and things, but someone his size doing what he was doing uh, with that that mm-hmm. that flash and that style, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he, he had to be. Uh, he, he had to be on this list. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And he kind of, he made the hip-hop culture kind of more accessible, more mainstream. Like, 100%, the baggy 100%. T-shirts, the baggy pants, you know, that's... that's I don't wear yeah, suits, I wear baggy pants, man. Everything, everything. yeah. And I mean, he was, I mean, he was actually, I mean, Shaq aside, uh, he was probably one of the be- better, um, maybe Dame Lillard aside as well, one of the, the, the better athlete rappers as well. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Can rap. Just, just don't talk to him about practice. <laughs> okay. Um, so AI, he's the first player. In. Who, who's next? Uh, shooting guard. It has to be. It has to be the one, the only MJ. Okay. So, as nineties hip, as nineties um, hoops fan, he's my goat. I, I, I fully understand the LeBron argument. I, I, and and I think it is an argument now that can be had. It, it, it was probably. Not a worthy argument a few years back, but I, I yeah. do accept it's an argument. For me, Jordan is one A and LeBron is one B, and okay. I, I'm I'm I try and stay out of as many arguments on Twitter as I can. But you know, you get roped into them every now and again. <laughs> uh, but for me, he's just the goat on so many levels for so many reasons, and I'm not sure he will ever be uh, okay. surpassed. Yeah. So that's that's my shooting guard. Okay. Cool. Cool. Small forward, I did toy with throwing LeBron, LeBron in here because I followed him from his sort of, I was watching his high school games uh, on ESPN and, and, and kind of I was sending emails to my friends at the time saying this guy is going to be, you know, incredible. Mm-hmm. And yet he still exceeded expectations. That's the craziest thing to me is yeah. that he had all of these expectations on his shoulders mm-hmm. and he's actually managed to, 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 to uh, exceed them. Yeah. But I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to go with Glenn Robinson. Okay. Again, someone who will be forgotten uh, over time, but just something resonated with me uh, in his game. Um, and so, yeah, he, he just was a personal favourite that, that had to go okay. in there. Probably the first and last person that will name him. Uh, in <laughs> the team. All the kids um, going, who? Um. Yeah. <laughs> the big dog. The big dog. Small, uh, power forward. Yeah. Uh, Sean Kemp. Okay. Um, the, I guess the, the the Blake Griffin before Blake Griffin, even the Vince before Vince, powerful athletic mm. dunker. Uh, you couldn't take your eyes off him because he was always going to mm. do something crazy, show stopping. I mean, his top ten highlights stand up even even to today. I mean, when you got Chris Gatling dapping him up after getting dunked on, just the the, the key arena crowd in yeah, a yeah. frenzy lobs from Gary Payton and let's not forget that he he was he had a short-lived prime but in that prime 96 finals he was given the Bulls fist um in the finals so yeah, yeah I, I think okay. uh, just someone else and you noticing know, I'm sure a 90s theme with my uh with my, <laughs> my, my five but um yeah I, I just think that he was he was incredible to watch okay cool and then last one or least Last but not least, it's, 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 it's the, it's the um, 
the most dominant ever, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's just someone that that sort of lived with him in the nineties, larger than life. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't do much away from the basket, but he didn't need to. Exactly. With that power. I mean, I just I just cannot imagine what he would be like in today's game. I, I mean, I guess you kind of see, I see a bit of him in, in Joel Embiid, someone that can bully them uh, down on the block. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the, the guy was just different. Uh, you just couldn't contain him. You just let him get his 30 and 15 and yeah. deal with everybody. Else. <laughs> yeah, he was just um, a monster, and I think it would be fascinating to see uh, to see someone like him in today's game. Yeah, cool. Okay, okay. that's a that's a good five, man. That's a so just to recap. So you've gone Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, Dan Robinson, mm-hmm. Sean Kemp, and Big Shaq. Right. Who Shaq okay. is the player who's been mentioned every single podcast. So <laughs> right. Oh, that's interesting. I was going to go with Jordan actually. So that's, that's no that's uh, Jordan. Actually, I'm guilty. I, I left out Jordan out of my side. Oh, who did you have so, a shooting guard? I'm intrigued. I actually went Kobe. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean, I went Lavi point guard uh, Kobe. Yeah. And then uh, Vince Carter, Ray Allen, and Shaq. I Vince was very close. He was probably the, my other close one. Um, okay. Yeah, but been a been, been a Baptist guy, I couldn't leave out Vince and Carl Ivey, no, so. Of course not. And and we we've already talked about him how he was just uh, uh just on a different planet at the time. Yeah. Um okay, cool man. Lee, thank you so much for that five, man. So that five, that now that's now the five that'll go forward to the next episode, right? So until the next episode, this is us it's our NBA UK fans starting five, AI, MJ, Robinson, Kemp and Shaq. Um, Lee, thank you very much, man, for coming on uh, and, and, and talking cool. to us. It's, it's, it's been a blast, mate. Been right, a blast. It's been absolutely fantastic. I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's always good to talk hoops with fellow uh, UK yeah. fans. Um, if people want to um, f- find you on social media stuff and talk to you more about you know hoops and stuff, um, where can they do so? Absolutely. So on Twitter, I'm at legal underscore baller. And on Instagram, I'm uh, double underscore emptage, uh, double underscore. Sweet. Cool, 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 man. Thank you very much, bruv. As always, guys, uh, you can follow NBA UK fans on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter. Give them a follow. They always put up great content. Watch the live, the lives at five on, on Insta Live every Saturday. I'm Nathan Caton, Nathan.Caton on Insta, Nathan Caton on Twitter. And this has been me, myself and Basketball. Brought to you by NBA UK fans, by the fans, for the fans. Till next time, guys. Take care.